Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky and Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to the podcast, Love the Graps. My name's Chris, I'm here with Alan. Hello. That's Alan, and uh, we're here to talk to you about wrestling <laughs> wrestling what do you like i like wrestling i don't anymore no um sometimes it can be quite the ordeal yes um, <laughs> so this is our podcast called love the graps uh it is where we go to a wrestling show and then we drive home and then we talk about the wrestling show mm. pretty straightforward isn't yeah. it? yeah um there is a convoluted format um to the show as is well it convoluted it's slightly, um, it's deliberately restrictive, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I think that gives us focus. Yeah, it does. Um, and it gives us discipline. Yeah. So what we will do is we'll talk about three things that we liked about yep. the show. Yep. What's that called? Love the Graps. Yeah, the title of the show. Yeah. And three things that we didn't like as much. Not my Graps. Yeah. Or maybe just... on the my. Yeah. And, and the graps and the not. Or maybe just downright disliked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but we'll get on to that shortly. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. <laughs> thanks for turning your dials to this FM wavelength. Uh, and uh, we will talk tonight about the wrestling show that we've just watched, yeah. um, which was Progress Wrestling. Hello, Wembley. Chapter 76? 70 something yeah a yep. lot isn't it uh it was progress wrestling's big uh debut at wembley arena yeah um i mean i'm saying debut because i got the sense that there may be a return potentially well, yeah. um but nothing was announced well i mean at some point they're going to outgrow the ballroom and yeah. i think we're going to be looking at monthly shows at wembley arena you reckon yeah i reckon weekly Weekly broadcast live on the WWE network. Oh, um, like the cut your jib. Mm, um, so they, they, what did they say? They had four hundred, no, four thousand seven hundred and fifty <laughs> people. I yeah. think were yeah. in there tonight. It's a suspiciously lot, round number. But oh, it's got to end no with it's got to end with a unit from one to zero i'd i'd have felt more comfortable if it was 4753 would you or you know a number along those lines yeah but maybe actually that sounds more fake yeah than doing a round number because nobody would disbelieve you if you presented them with a round number because you would expect them to give a fake right. number that wasn't round yeah and things have got to end somewhere haven't they yeah you know everything's got to end somehow yeah. so you know that last click through the door yeah they were clicked through yep you know one of them clicky things yeah uh, so it's september 30th 2018 we haven't been to a progress show uh this year you have well i uh, yeah actually. you lie you massive liar well we as a podcast duo no. haven't no. been since uh the um unboxing yeah show at the tail end of last year yep um, I did go to Super Strong Style 16 tournament at Alexandra Palace, yeah. which I always kind of feel like sits a little bit outside of 
progress is normal sort of operating standard operating procedure yeah um they announced that again tonight didn't they they did they announced the dates travis banks first person in it yeah first um bank holiday weekend of may yeah travis banks came out and announced himself as the first entrant yeah um so i'm announcing myself as the second entrant I, I warned you against this, Alan. I just think you're going to get really badly hurt. Fine, mate. It's fine. I can do it. All right. All right. I mean, I mean, you seem very desperate for this in-ring return. Yeah. And if it's got to be as one of the 16 <laughs> entrants in the Super Strong Style 16 Look, tournament. There are 16 really. of them. One of them might as well be you, right? Exactly. There's I'm... so many wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hello, Wembley. Hello, Wembley. Um, shall we talk about the show? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let, let's jump in and do the love the graps. Okay, then let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, as as we say every time that we record this podcast, let's let's make it a quick one. Yeah. Brevity is our friend. Yeah. Um, it's not everybody's friend. No. As we um, will find out later. Uh, but let's go on to some love the graps. Then. Okay. Number one. Yeah. The whole thing. Yes. In terms of what they achieved. Yeah. The achievement. What it means to British wrestling. Yeah. Because um, let's let's not underestimate what happened today. Um and and how weird the fact that it has happened is. Um that progress, a company which are six years old. Our little company. Our little company run by three friends. Mm-hmm. Um independent wrestling, British independent wrestling, no T V deal. Um, as such, no. Um, everything on there on demand. Okay, there's you know a little bit of a play with WWE, but certainly didn't lean on that too much for this. No, uh, they sold you know five thousand tickets. Yeah, uh, for a show at Wembley Arena, they effectively doubled their biggest show yeah. ever. Um, which even then at the time seemed a bit of a a, a stretch for them. Well, because obviously they so they did that. Two years ago, yeah, at Brixton Academy, yeah, and then um, a year ago they did Alexandra Palace, which was smaller than Brixton, yeah, um, and then now they've gone above and beyond that. You may hear a cat meowing in the background. Um, it wants to go outside. It's not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> so ignore that. It's uh, under house arrest. Yes, it's been bad. I don't know. I, I assume. Yeah, it's just bad, just bad cat. Yeah, just bad cat. Um, yeah, look, they they did it, and they set up a year's notice. They said we're going to be at Wembley Arena. Yeah. Um, they sold five thousand tickets. They didn't have to lean on uh, the the usual kind of thing of getting Kurt Angle or Rey Mysterio Jr. Because we have seen other arena shows in the UK in the past couple of years. Um, We've seen ICW run the Hydro Electric Arena um, (laughs) in in Scotland, um, but heavily featuring sort of former WWE stars, Um, Dudley Boys, Mick Foley, the likes. Um, And then we've also seen... Um, what culture um, doing their thing in, yeah. in arenas up or down the country um, again heavily sort of featuring former WWE stars yeah. like Kurt and Angle, Rey Mysterio Albert. and even um, 
RevPro, their biggest crowds, like they, they did sort of two and a half thousand in Manchester. Yeah. It was your New Japan guys that more or less sold those tickets. Yeah. Um, whereas this, Matt Riddle aside, um, and you could argue that Matt Riddle's only very recently not. Oh, he hasn't debuted for wrestler. WWE yet. Um, it was a progress show yeah. with progress wrestlers. Yep. And they sold all those tickets. Yeah. Um, and that is just massive. Absolutely massive. It's crazy. And everyone involved in that show, the the kind of the infrastructure, getting it all ready and stuff, they they should feel really, really proud about that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. On a on a sort of personal level, as a, I mean, we always talk about it really um on a regular basis. Um running good wrestling means that I've come into contact with a lot of people in the British wrestling scene and like I was really proud to sort of run down everybody that was on this card today and there there were 20 announced wrestlers that had appeared on good shows I think the number up to about 24 did we come up yeah. to in the end or yeah. 25 yeah uh, I think it was 25 actually yeah um uh, by final count yeah um and I mean, I'm not for one second saying that appearing at the Crawford Arms will lead you to appear at I'll say Wembley it. Arena. Yeah. But you know, I know those people. Yeah. And I mean, with the you know, that's not to say that I'm in any privileged position because no. a lot, you know, most of these men and women have made themselves incredibly available mm-hmm. because that's kind of just the nature of our scene. Yeah. Um, and you know. Lots of um, people up and down the country will have, you know, shared conversations with a big stars yeah. that are appearing in massive arenas now, yeah. um, either in the US um, with NXT or, you know, now with NXT UK or for an independent show run yeah. by Progress. You can't help but feel a little bit proud. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, you, you, got, you got into Progress before i did yeah. um when i came along they were regularly selling out the ballroom yeah um you know it, it maybe took them a couple of days to do it but they were still selling out the ballroom yeah. in a couple of days um there are people we know personally who have been going since the f- chapter one yeah um they must have felt pretty special today yeah definitely that they they'd been at the garage um, for uh, chapter one, three hundred people there, and now five thousand at Wembley Arena. That's pretty mad, isn't it? It is mad. Yeah. It's it's very very mad. Yeah. Um, I think that's just. I, we we talked quite a lot about like how we kind of fell out of love with mm-hmm. progress, and I think that kind of is, in some ways. M- it's kind of mirrors the way people often feel about like their favorite bands or bands that they fell in love with and then fell out of love with yeah because they got too big and part of me worries for for that not not for progress progress will be fine yeah but for those people yeah who fell in love with progress at the garage and saw it move on to a you know a, a significantly larger but not mm. so large that it wasn't 
the same anymore yeah at the ballroom you know it's still very much the same sort of vibe and venue yeah um the leap to wembley is a big one mm-hmm. and if that becomes a thing going forward i mean you we joke you joked about yeah. them running weekly at wembley but conceivably they could run there twice a year yeah and then once you start doing that those become the big marquee shows and everything else kind of yeah. is feeding into those and I, like, what I does wondered, that become um how people felt who were regularly going to all the shows and then all of a sudden they've they've got to go to manchester yeah that's always uh, a thing and birmingham and then they've got to go to wrestlemania Yep. To see the shows that they put on at WrestleMania. And then there are shows in Germany. And then there are shows in America not part of WrestleMania. Mm. And then there are shows in Australia. Yeah. And I do wonder, as someone who feels that it's their special thing, yeah. there's there's a certain amount of having to let go of it. It's really hard to be a completist, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, there used to be a time when you wanted to buy all of the singles and the variations of yeah. the singles by bands. Um, fortunately with the switch to digital media that's not really such an issue these days but But it's kind of like you know if you if you uh grow up following a band if we use the musical analogy and you you can follow them around the uk on their their tour of of of, like of toilets yeah um but then they'll get that support slot in america yeah and all of a sudden you can't go with them anymore yeah and they're, they're not yours anymore um so there might be some people feeling a bit like that but i think today the overwhelming thing should be celebration. Yeah. So let's talk about another thing. Let's talk about a specific match. Okay. I think we've got a couple of specific matches. Yeah. Um, for different reasons. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the main event first? Yeah, let's go for that. The main event was Walter, big daddy, against um, a little boy, but a big strong boy, Yeah. Um, in Tyler Bate um, for the... Uh, progress world championship i still don't like that well it is i mean it's been defended around the globe yeah but i don't i don't know you see when you think of boxing yeah boxing has lots of different world championships yeah um and really not any one of them is is bigger than another one see but in wrestling you've got one world championship I mean, actually, you've got two because they're idiots. Um, but the WWE is is the undisputed top of the game. Yeah, I think... So that's your world championship. And even if you think about it, New Japan, it's not the world championship. It's the IWGP. Yeah, so but what does that stand for? International Wrestling Grand Prix. It's kind of... Yeah. But still, I mean, they don't like to say it's a world championship. But so if you call your thing a world championship then world championship implies best in the world yeah do you know what i mean um so it's not like best in the world in progress it should just be best although you you could argue that like the conquers world championship makes you the best at conquers Mm. so the progress world championship makes you the best at progress right okay so that's what it is yeah yeah yeah. so it's progress wrestling it's not wrestling it's progress wrestling. right so you're the best at progress wrestling yeah right okay yeah i'll 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 go with that we'll we'll pretend that's the thing 
progress wrestling has become a genre in and of itself. That's why yeah. people shout, this is progress. Right, okay. Because yeah. they're recognising, ah, this is progress. Yeah, and you can only get that in mm. progress or six months earlier in Fight Club Pro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the main event, um, weirdly, two Fight Club Pro wrestlers, yeah. um, Walter against Tyler Bate. I mean, in fairness... Walters as much progress, probably more progress yeah. wrestler than um, club. I was just, I was just being flippant. I was just being snarky. You getting just your snark bit. on? Yeah. Um, it was never going to be a bad match. No. Um, but it's fair to say that it delivered. Yeah, definitely. They told the story. Yeah. Um, in a, a, a technical sense, um, they told it perfectly. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, John Lister. Yeah. Uh, he he called it. The best match he'd seen this year, I think. Yeah. Um, I maybe I, I don't know. It's well, you said it might not even be the best match you've seen this weekend. Yeah, because I I I very high on on the Mako Satomura Tony Storm. Yeah. From Thursday's Eve show. Yeah. Um, but that's not to take away anything from what these guys did. No. Um, I thought it built. It built. Um. It was nice having seconds out there. Yeah. Um, they weren't officially announced as being seconds. So Walter had Tim Thatcher and uh, Tyler Bate had um, Trent Seven and Pete Dunne um, sort of acting as seconds. Yeah. Um, which was always nice. I, I, I'm a big Lucha fan. And um, whenever you have a title match in Lucha or a, um, a hair match or a mask match, um, the competitors have a second. And you know it's an important match when there's a second there. Um, so I felt that added something. Okay. Um, and they really told a great story in the match. Yeah. I mean, it was it was an incredibly enjoyable match. And like that was reflected in the noise the crowd mm-hmm. made. Um, <clears throat> we'll get on to some, you know, some other stuff about the show. But um, it was impressive how much yeah. reaction they got out of the crowd at that point in the yeah. evening. Um, I, 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 as much as I enjoyed it, that I think there's a couple of things that stop it from being, you know, the best match I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, one being that I feel like it kind of wasn't a particularly unique match. Yeah. Like it, it felt like um a very good match in the um mode of this is what a good match looks like yeah um you know it built and built and and you know had the the sort of spots where you think that tyler's going to turn it around um but doesn't quite and walter ultimately overpowers him and imposes his will and and comes out with the victory um, so I, I didn't feel like this is going to be a match that's going to stick with me through the ages. Mm. Um, but then maybe I wasn't as so enamoured with the whole pageantry and the vibe. As much as we've just talked about the um, how important a show this was. Yeah. Um, come the end of this show, I probably wasn't as um, excited as I was at the beginning, maybe. Yeah. Or even in... The days leading up to it. Um, the other thing is that there was, to my knowledge, and even 
having watched the sort of video package before the match, there was no build to this match. No. I mean, the when you think of the legendary progress title matches, they, they tend to be lengthy feuds. Yeah, or, a chase or and yeah, some somebody's working towards yeah. achieving something. Yeah, like the Haskins continually trying to chip away at the title. Yeah. Um, whereas this was... Tyler won three matches in a row on shows most people didn't get to see until weeks later when they dropped on demand because they took place in America. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's fighting fighting uh, Walter and they're both good guys. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, leading into the match and taking away nothing from the, the technical quality of the match. Why should I really care about this? You know? It's um, what what is at stake here. Yeah. Um, at the, the end title. of this, um, Walter's still going to be champ, or Tyler's going to be champ. Um, it's not going to massively turn progress on its on its head. No. Um, depending on the outcome of this match, when you think back to to previous title matches, yeah, um, such as Will Ospreay, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Mark Haskins winning the title at Brixton. Yeah. Um, even Trav winning the title. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, Trav's year. was a culmination of. Yeah. Um, you know, an underswell of support for that particular yeah. wrestler. Um, whereas with with Tyler, you've just got a guy who's already kind of a star, former WWE UK champion. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what he can do. Um, I mean, it may sound a little weird this because you know we've just bigged up what progress is, but where Tyler's been becoming progress champion is not a significant advancement yeah. to his career. So yeah. Um, so there was that um, yeah. also, and we'll get onto it. It did come at the end of a very long show. Yeah. Um, you made a point that if you just sat at home and watched it on TV um, at the end of like a five hour WrestleMania, that you'd be very, very happy with it. Yeah. Um, and I think most people will be. Uh, I think a lot of people who were there live um, will have bought into it maybe more than we did. Um, but said so that, really, really good match. Yeah, really good match. Really yeah. good match. And probably one that will stand up to re-watching. Mm-hmm. Just feel like it's not like an era-defining match. Yeah. Um, because it's not the two guys that have sort of defined this no. era of progress. No. I mean, maybe Walter to some extent, but certainly not Tyler. He's just kind of another one of the guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's move on to the third Love the Graps. And in a way, this is kind of a counter to yeah. that. Um, in that we've got Paul Robinson against Jimmy Havoc. Yeah. Um, not the first choice. No. Um, this match was supposed to well, be... I mean, you could say the same about the main event as well. Well, yeah. Um, but this match was supposed to be uh, Will Ospreay, Jimmy Havoc. They yeah. ended up doing it um, the last show instead. Um, so we got Paul Robinson there. But although it's slightly lesser than the original, the story of Paul Robinson and Jimmy Havoc is the story of, of progress, in a way. Um, there was that classic era... Uh, where Paul Robinson was Jimmy Havoc's right-hand man. Yeah. 
Um, and before that, he was Will Ospreay's tag partner. Yeah. Um, and it's always been threaded through. Um, so when you think of the classic era, when you think of progress, Jimmy Havoc and Paul Robinson are two of the, the names at the forefront. Yeah. Um, so they had a a um, no DQ grudge match, mm-hmm. um, which I always think is funny to label something as a grudge match as if that's makes it any different yeah. to a regular match. Like Mark Caskins and Matt Riddle also had a match on this show. It wasn't a grudge match. No. What was it? What was it? There was no big an exhibition. Uh, if it's not a grudge match, are we saying it's an exhibition match? Well, it, I mean, I guess if it's not a grudge match, and there's then no, there titles. should be something at stake. Yeah. Um, so a grudge match, kind of, to me, it was be. It doesn't matter who wins this. Yeah. Like, there's nothing at stake yeah. other than the fact that they hate each other. Yeah. But then you like, go, it's non-sanctioned, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, no DQ grudge match. Um. That was actually only set up on the last progress show. Yeah. Um. So as much as we're talking about how the lack of build for the main event affected it to some extent for us. This also did not have a lengthy build, except that it acknowledged the history of these characters um, in progress. Um, Paul Robinson hadn't wrestled in progress for quite some time. I'm not exactly sure how long for. Um, And he returned as a guest referee in the Jimmy Mm -hmm. Havoc-Will Ospreay match, getting involved at the end and costing Jimmy Havoc the match Um, and and setting this up. Basically placing himself in there as the real threat to Jimmy Havoc, not Will Ospreay, not anybody else, but it was Paul Robinson that, whilst he wasn't responsible for Jimmy Havoc actually missing a year of action, he was the last person that Jimmy Havoc faced before his lengthy yeah. um, hiatus due to injury. So they've rewritten history to some a, extent in a clever way, yeah. and that's that's fine. I, I, yeah. I like the use of that. Um, I think the match also benefited from the fact that Jimmy Havoc is very much a sort of um, he's grandfathered into being a beloved progress figure. Mm-hmm. Um, They've tried over the past couple of years to make, or a year or so, to make him a a baddie again. And it's varying degrees of success, which I think is mainly due to Progress's commitment to actually doing that more than anything. Um, But here, he's very much the sort of um, mascot that represents Mm -hmm. a certain time of Progress. But then Paul Robinson, on the other hand, just through and through a hateful, unlikable, yeah. disgusting little being. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's no doubt about it. Whereas every, I would say that pretty much everything else on this card had, like, they were different shades of grey yeah. on both sides. Um, this very much was two evil men, um, Trying to out lawful evil and chaotic yeah. evil um trying to out evil each other yeah. and it was a lot of fun yeah and i think the history angle is is most important for me because if if you look at the the rest of the card i mean we were we were having a, a little chat during the show about you know there are some names that were very important for progress yeah who you just don't see anymore yeah um and so there's been a turnover there 
Um, and there were some some surprises in the uh, the pre-show battle royal. Yeah, uh, Madman yeah. Manson, a whole bunch of retired back. wrestlers, Sticks, RJ Singh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people from like the early days of progress. Um, but the rest of the card. Um, mostly of a recent vintage, which you understand because th- there's a churn, but it was nice that this match threaded the history through. Yeah. Because um, even we had a match where there was a, a veteran who um, who retired because he, he lost match. But that veteran is Doug Williams, who has only been in progress for like the past year. Yeah, I mean, he's appeared for progress in the past, but it very much was like... He like he's come in to do a run for progress. It's like when yeah. Sting came into WWE yeah. to do like his last little bit before he walked off into. Yeah, the so sunset. there's no real history there. So I really appreciate the history, and I really appreciated the the light tubes, the drawing pins. What about um, um, Jimmy Havoc's white body and face? That's a bit paint? weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was very strange when he came out under all the lights. I couldn't work out what I was looking at. Yeah, he looked like Casper, didn't he? Yeah. Casper the friendly ghost. I thought he might have had some kind of Jeff Hardy, like, white body stocking thing on. <laughs> right. On his top half. Um, and then some face paint on. But no, he did body, body painted himself all up. Yeah, completely white. Show the blood. Yeah. Although Paul Robinson um, didn't. But no. The, but also the blood was quite showed. Blood. I figured that Jimmy was um, auditioning for a new uh, white power drumming troupe called the White Man Group. (laughs) (laughs) Which poor Robinson might like. Yeah, I think he probably would, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, let's move on to stuff that perhaps wasn't. Do you mean not my graps? Yeah, stuff that's not my graps. Okay, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. Um... I don't think elephants are often measured in terms of time. Right. But this um, elephant, for me, um, was a big one. But, I mean, I think it's actually indicative of a lot of things that weren't quite right about this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to lead with the fact that the show was five and a half hours long. Yeah. From the time the pre-show match started to the time the main event ended. Yeah, and you might call five it a pre-show and... match, but it's not a pre-show match. That's the minute... Those wrestlers came out for yeah. that battle royal. That's when the show started. Half yeah. past three. Yep. Yeah. So the show started at half past three, finished at about five or ten past nine. Yeah. Um, and that's too long. It's a long ass time. But I think there's a lot of things about the show that led it to be a lot longer than it needed mm-hmm. to be. Um, and and they're sort of indicative of sort of issues around the production and presentation of yeah. of the show but for instance we had a number of video packages that were shown in full yeah. before the major sort of matches um i i feel like that's a wweism yeah. that doesn't need to exist in independent wrestling i mean that's the thing like i've i've kind of spoken to people about this recently that the reason i like independent wrestling is that it's an alternative to WWE. Yeah. I don't want to watch independent wrestling promoters playing at being WWE. Yeah. And that's definitely what it felt like tonight. Yeah. I mean, and in a way you can qualify that by saying, well, this was their special night. Um, But if you were at that show and you hadn't seen those videos or the matches leading up to that this show that those videos were 
put together from, then you probably didn't care about it anyway. So it just seemed a bit of... Well, one of them was seven minutes long. Seven and I know that because I'd already watched it in, on YouTube yesterday. Yeah. Um, and that's too that's too long to, to be sat there. It's particularly when it's like in the very, it's the latter part of the show. Um, but also it's just things like everything takes so long. Yeah. Like entrances take too long. Entrances take too long. Um, like, I don't like you could have had, you know, Mark Andrews should have gone after Eddie Dennis straight away, but they have to stand there and let Jim Smallman do his big time announcements. Um, you know, the, 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 there's something about the Thunderbastard that felt a little bit plodding for me a bit today. Yeah. Like it seemed like, yeah, it wasn't as, it wasn't as frenetic as, as I've seen them in the past. Yeah. I mean, Um, you basically, you had nine matches in five and a half hours, which is not many. Not when you think about like, how many complaints have you voiced or heard as a wrestling fan about the length of time given over to wrestlemania yeah now wrestlemania at least you're going to get like 13 matches on that card and the same wrestle kingdom and yeah um and again these are the two sort of major shows Mm. from the major wrestling companies and they last a similar sort of amount of time yeah um, Wrestle Kingdom still comes in less than, like, shorter than this. Yeah. And and the thing is, there, there'll be people there who will say, well, you know, I paid my, my £35 for my ticket. Mm. Um, I'm happy for to get five and a half hours, you know, value for money. Um, but on the other hand, um, there will be people like us who, for whom it was, you know, too long yeah. to, ke- to keep our attention yeah. for the whole thing. But there were also people that we saw leaving, particularly people on the front row. Yeah. Um, who got up and left uh, 20 minutes after the advertised end time, mm. um, 10 to 9, um, presumably because they had to catch a train to, to go yeah. somewhere. Um, and those people have paid a lot of money, invested a lot of time in the show, and didn't get to see the climax. Yeah. Um, when you are running a 5,000-seater show at a, a big place like Wembley Arena, if you say the show finishes at half eight, Finish it at half eight. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's professional. That's the professional in professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, there was no reason for it going longer. The only reason I can think is that, well, there was a re- the, interview, the interval seemed really long. Right. Um, there were reasons for that on our particular behalf, but mm. we won't go into that. Yeah. Um, but it seemed quite long. Um, but the other thing can only be that people went long in their matches. Yeah, they went um, long in their matches. They went long in their intros, yeah. um, like entrances. And that, I mean, um, that happens. I mean, we had All In the other week. Yeah. Um, like, massive show. Um, two matches went particularly long. They had to rush the main event. Yeah. But you know what? They rushed the main event. Yeah. Um, so the show finished when it was supposed to finish. Because that's the professional in professional wrestling. Just to take half a step back, like, I don't, I don't buy this... I paid money for a ticket and I want as much value for money as I can get because this isn't like you're not buying breakfast cereal. Yeah. Like you're not like getting a book of stamps. Mm. Like this is a creative form 
Yeah. This is a form of entertainment. It's it's ultimately art. Yeah, you, you and, don't go to the multiplex and say, right, what's the longest film? No, exactly. And like if you did see, say you saw Ghostbusters back in the 80s and it was mm. uh, an hour and 35 minutes long, you're not going, oh, I wish that was three hours long. Yeah. And maybe you are, but if you experienced a three-hour version of <laughs> Ghostbusters, you'd be sick of it. Yeah. Um, so I just, I think that's part of the art of creating an event Mm -hmm. is knowing what not to do and knowing how to keep things zipping along and keep it compelling. Know when to time your peaks and your low points. Yeah. Um, and it it should be almost like a finely tuned thing. But I think this is kind of the problem with the way and it's certainly not the way i view wrestling but i know some people view wrestling is um as a like a thing that you can quantify and a thing that you can sort of measure against other like forms of wrestling and yeah. other matches so you can take a match in um isolation mm-hmm. so you can take walter against tyler bait and go that was a five star match and it lasted 25 minutes yeah and there it goes on to my spreadsheet yeah and that's fine that's fine if that's the way you enjoy it but also i had to sit through the whole show yeah and my experience was tempered by the things that i'd seen before it it was tempered by the day that i'd had leading up to yeah. it and it was tempered by the fact that i knew that i had a journey home after it mm-hmm. so i can't just experience these things in a vacuum yeah and I, great if you can, but then you must have a limitless amount of energy mm. and the blinkers that allow you to not view anything but what's going on in the ring ahead of you at that very moment. Yeah. But the, the timing wasn't the only thing that I had an issue with presentation-wise and no. production-wise. Um, whereas everything stepped up... Yeah. Um to Wembley Arena levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the wrestlers all looked fantastically professional. Some new gear, yeah. I'm sure. Um the you know, the, the, the scaling up of the arena was was, was right. Well yeah, felt... Wembley Wembley knows what yeah, it's doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Um the production on progress's side perhaps didn't quite match mm. that. Um I'd particularly look at the um, I want to call them Titantrons. Just entrance videos. videos will do, yeah. Um, I think Titantron is... Which they, they were poor at yeah. best. Um, they looked like very bad screensavers. <laughs> Their entrance videos have basically been of the same quality since they started doing entrance videos six yeah. years ago. Um, and I, I went to Fight Club Pro uh, last night mm. and they have started doing uh, entrance videos for everyone and theirs actually look like something they don't look like some type you know floating in the air while yeah. an effect comes across it and sometimes it doesn't quite work because yeah. you've tried to mash two together yeah. um and then when you partner that with the fact that the music well. is fucking shocking yeah it is absolutely terrible yeah. now the thing is when you get to the point that you have to have original music because you don't want to pay to license tracks, which is fair enough, it's not my money, do you know what I mean? Um, there should be a responsibility mm. on your behalf if you are 
a company like progress which has come up um on the back of like that kind of cred from the music and stuff to ensure that the music you're replacing um these these commercial songs with is of a certain quality yeah um so for instance wwe um they don't they do not use um songs from the charts or no. bands they have cfos who make their music and whatever you think about um cfos the this the music is professional yeah and it's distinctive and it sticks in your head um the music tonight was shite absolute shite mm-hmm. uh and almost just, without exception yeah and it it just really takes you out of it when when the match uh is about to begin you get a crappy video on the screen you get crappy music and then that poor fella poor lass has got to walk down that ramp towards the ring. Yeah. and maybe if you're a regular progress fan you've gotten used to some of the music and you kind of understand who's coming out at what point. Yeah. But I certainly, as a seasoned and well-travelled um, independent wrestling fan in the UK who has seen all of these people before with different themes, it's fucking confusing. Yeah. Um, and I know this has been spoken about a million times before on this podcast. Like, uh, it's something that they need to sort out. I don't actually understand what Progress's situation is in regards to the music. Because only, like, four months ago, they seem to have had this sorted and used all of everybody's original themes at Super Strong Style 16. So I don't have any idea whether this is, you know, conspiracy theory tinfoil hats on right now, whether this is WWE influence, whether there's prep for this to go on to the WWE network, which has been rumoured for quite some time. Mm. Um but the it just it look it just looks bad. Yeah. It, it looks, looks and sounds It's like, bad. oh yeah, progress. They're the group with the shit music. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is like I feel because I feel slightly bad judging some of the music because it's my understanding that a lot of these are by actual musicians. Really? Um, but they have chosen, it feels like they've chosen a bunch of anonymous songs mm. that then people can just go, oh, okay, I guess I'll have that one. Yeah. Like there's not been any sort of thought like, I mean, again, promote a hat on for the most part, people who work good shows bring their own music, mm-hmm. but I'm always, when I'm listening to music, Every now and then something will come into my head and go, that'd be great. That would work really great for someone. And I'll I'll file that away somewhere. But like, I'm never going to come in with a list of songs and go, please pick one of these songs. It doesn't matter which one. Yeah. And that's what it feels like when you've got like Mark Haskins comes out to a metal song. Oh, then Trent Seven comes out to a metal song. And then Doug Williams comes out to a metal song. Yeah. And then all the other boys come out to metal songs. And it's like, it's fatigue. It's another one of these things that makes the show difficult to bear over a five and a half hour time frame. No, no one's making a mix CD of these of these songs. Unless you, unless you had like some weird like thing where you needed boring music to sleep to. Well, I mean, if, if that is you, then... Like, get on it 
get on their YouTube channel. Maybe whale song. I don't know. It might be better. I don't know what it like. You might have grown up in a really noisy like building site, and <laughs> and you need to listen to the music that they chose for Ilya Dragunov tonight, <sighs> which was just like a, a eight second drum loop, um, run through some distortion effects. Yeah. So, let's move on to another one. Well, do you want to talk about Ilya Dragunov? Yeah, let's talk about Ilya fucking Dragunov. Now, I understand that a lot of people who listen to this podcast mm. very high on Ilya Dragunov. Yeah. Um, they love the guy. They think he's really good. They've got his t-shirts. Um, and they're big fans of the W, the X, the W. Yeah. Um, the German wrestling. And mm. thus, what we're about to say maybe it's going to be controversial in some fields um what what the fuck is Ilya Dragunov yeah I don't understand what they thought Ilya Dragunov brought to this show yeah it's like you've got Pete Dunne yeah who is absolutely beloved a genuine star yeah massive star WWE UK champion Mm. um a ticket mover, um, beloved wherever he goes, throws shoes. He did, he threw a shoe once and it's, everybody's yeah. like, shoes. Yeah. Um, and then you've got this guy comes in, um, Christian Mar- Michael Jacoby. CMJ. CMJ, you know, that thing in New York where mm-hmm. the new music happens. Um, who comes in and goes, oh, well, he's not so special, is he? But the thing is, he fucking is special. Yeah. So you're already on a bad start there, mate old cmj also it's interesting that he said in his little promo thing oh people think pete dunn is the best independent wrestler in the world and i no mate he walks around with the wwe uk championship he's He's not not an independent independent wrestler wrestler. um so yeah you're already on to a bad thing and then you bring in this guy in red pants who doesn't look um intimidating he doesn't look impressive um, he just looks like a wrestler. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's not to say he looks bad, you know, but he, he doesn't stand out in, in the world of professional wrestling. No. He's not a Walter no. um, who would stand out. Um, and then they proceed to just have a match. Yeah. And it's just like, why should I care about Ilya Dragunov? Yeah. The, the, it feels like, to me, it was an uphill battle from the start because ultimately this was a feud between CMJ on the microphone and Pete Dunne kind of on the microphone. Um, and then Ilya Dragunov was Jacoby's proxy, um, but didn't really, like, I didn't feel like it didn't make sense to me that he really wanted to be that or like what his motivations were Mm. um and i mean obviously again this is all of this has to be qualified with the fact that neither myself or alan have been going to the progress shows leading up to this we haven't been going to the ballroom shows we haven't gone to the german shows that preceded this um where some of the build for this was done um but basically, you have somebody fighting on somebody else's behalf against somebody who's considered one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah. And we don't know anything about 
Unless you unless you already know something about Ilya Dragunov before they made the announcement. We don't know anything new about Ilya Dragunov other than this man claims that he is better than yeah, Pete Dunne. It's not like they've brought him in and he's murdered people. He hasn't proved anything. No. So you only know that he's a threat to Pete Dunne if you are a seasoned watcher of WXW. Yeah. But if you're that much of a fan of professional wrestling and you understand its place, then you will also know that, yeah, actually, even though he's like one of the top guys in WXW, Pete Dunne's now on a different level to him. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I, I, I could have bought this maybe if Ilya Dragunov had been six foot eight. Yeah. Um, 300 pounds. Yeah. Um, or, you know, looked intimidating like a Tommy End. Um, had that kind of had like, otherworldly presence. Yeah. Um, Whereas basically what he came across like to me was if a promotion in the Midlands, the East Midlands, yeah. had gone, well, you're you're going to be a Russian one. Yeah. Here's some red pants. Um, act angry. Yeah. Like that's all that that might as well have been that in terms of his character. Also. Is he a czar or is he a communist? Can't be both. No, that's true. You know, pick one. Yeah. All right, let's do a third one. And I'm going to turn on the fans. I'm going to turn on you, the fans, listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, um, actually, I hope none of you listen to this podcast. Well, I think this this is no. this is this could go either way. Yeah. Because I think that you go on and right. So there was a match tonight that was a feud. Yeah. Um, the culmination of the only feud. one. Um, well, you know what it, it had meaning behind it. Um, Eddie Dennis against Mark Andrews in the TLC match. Um, there was stuff at stake, so there was a, a number one contendership at stake. So uh, you know, a kind of money in the bank style thing. Uh, funnily enough, held above the ring. Yep. Um, weird uh, that was. Um, there was a grudge between the two um slightly weird because a lot of people have been saying that you know eddie dennis has actually got a lot of good points about this um but you can use that anyway i feel like that was just the nature of wrestling fans yeah wanting to sort of go ah but actually the baddie is the goodie yeah like it's like thanos did nothing wrong yeah isn't it um and then you also had the two guys working their socks off doing some pretty dangerous spots some very dangerous um, looking to spots. kind of thrill you in a match and all you could do mm. was find the fact that the table didn't break the most interesting thing in the match yeah. and okay i mean it wasn't <laughs> just one table it was three tables yeah three different tables but we're all adults here yeah we've all seen botchamania yeah Botchamania is on episode 374. Yeah. Okay, it's not a new thing. Yeah. Yes, it's weird when a table doesn't break. Or when it breaks Sometimes it can be funny when yeah. a table doesn't break. In a match like this, where it's all about passion yeah. and it's all about intensity, it's not a time to chant Botchamania shout i am the table yeah. to constantly refer to the table to make the table a thing to chant the table is our champion um to the point that uh 
the wrestlers, particularly Mark Andrews, very visibly annoyed with the crowd yeah. about this because they were trying to tell their story. And it's part of your contract as a fan um, in the kind of like, you know, in the boo the heels, cheer the faces thing um, it, that you should try and buy into this story. Mm. If you're not buying into it and the table is taking you out of the story, shut the fuck up. Just yeah. sit on your hands. I, I think this you know i think there's another side to this in that again it's another case of progress not having told this story well enough mm. that the fans are like very much behind one man or the other well no but um, the story was still there though it was there it was there yeah but again like it's been dragged on for a year at this point yeah um uh, protracted because of eddie dennis's injury um and also with the fact that as you say people have been confused about who they're supposed to be cheering for but that's i think voluntary out of the fans yeah on the fans part um but also again it comes down to the show having been so long yeah. that you know there was fatigue setting in at that point and when fatigue sets in the crowd gets distracted Mm. and something like that was funny and kind of snapped people out of i mean it snapped me out because i turned and i mean obviously i was never going to make loads of noise about this but i turned to you after the first table spot failed i said i really hope that none of these tables break <laughs> yeah but that's us yeah <laughs> yeah that's me just it, trying yeah, to make yeah. a funny joke to make yeah. you laugh um but at the same time i was like that would be something interesting that's happened yeah. <laughs> and w I would find that entertaining. And because the thing is, that as well, at the end of the day, it wasn't a table match. The table didn't have to break. It was a table ladders and chairs match. Yeah, but the table didn't have to break. It still really hurts. And I yeah, know this and from actually, personal experience. And actually... When you hit a table that doesn't break. Actually, I didn't have any real problem with any of those tables not having broken. In no, terms of they still look really ouchy. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what happened T tables we, we spoke about this what is the point of a tables ladders and chairs match yeah it's weird isn't it? like i understand the ladder part because you need to get to something that is high up but other than like the fact that they seem to keep these things beneath the ring yeah. all the time why would you why would the promoter volunteer those things to be yeah. part of the match? why why would it not be a uh a saucepan ladders and carpet match yeah why isn't it just ladders and everything else yeah. match or just a ladder match or just like a match just go there you go lads it's no disqualification you gotta get that thing that's up there yeah <laughs> through any means necessary yeah. uh, but and uh, we haven't provided a ladder yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would like that <laughs> what are you gonna do yeah um i would yeah i just find it weird it's like you know, sometimes in wrestling, people go through tables. And sometimes in wrestling, people get hit with chairs. Now we're going to have a match where those things are featured as part of the match. And when are we going to get another tables, ladder, stairs? It's chairs and, and chairs stairs match. match. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who was in that big show, wasn't it? Big show. Um, and Kane, I think. No, it was, um, what's his name? Eric Rowan. Oh, was it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's progress. Welcome to Wembley. Hello, Wembley. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, go on the internet, Facebook. Get in the Facebook group. 
Um, if if you all went to the meet up today that neither me or Chris went to, I hope you had fun. Well done. Yeah. Um, Chris I mean, was, you can do that any time you want. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an LTG meet up. Yeah. LTG, uh, that's like L- LGBTQ. No, it's not. Isn't it? It's not. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Um, yeah, so get on that. Um, we'll be back sooner than you think, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for listening. And it is currently... Uh, quarter to midnight go to bed go to bed go to bed we had joy we had fun we had seasons in the sun up the hills that we climbed for the seasons out of time all our lives we had fun we had seasons in the sun up the hills that we Starfish on the beach